Hey friends, so this episode is going to be about Big Sur, California. Like I said in my last podcast, somewhere in those 30 minutes, um, I talked about how when I went to California, it was like I left part of my soul there in the Pacific Ocean, and I wrote this letter type thing. Um, in July of last year. Um, <clears throat> so, and I also wrote it in my journal, but that's handwritten and it's dark in my room right now. So I'll do a part two for this tomorrow-ish, if I remember slash have time. Um, but yeah, so here we go. <clears throat> Keep in mind, I was high when I wrote this, so, okay. I fell in love with the ocean. The longing I felt when I was so close, but not close enough to the soft blue that shines in the warm sun through a, bu- through a breeze that feels like a golden hue that wraps around your skin. And I realized my dream. To live in front of it, seeing it forever, from the moment I'm awake till the moment I'm asleep be it natural or eternal and I feel this feeling no sorry and I realize this feeling of the waves crashing against the structure of my heart and how it envelops and drowns my soul and brings out their air of peace prosperity and happiness it is love and so I have vowed to live my life pursuing this feeling by doing things that bring me this feeling of peace accomplishment happiness and satisfaction I will follow my heart to lead me to achieve my dream And then I have, like, a page and a half-ish of, like, small prayers and, like, stuff about things I want to share with the person I love. Um, Or, like, whoever I end up showing this to. So I will keep that under wraps. Um, but yeah, I think the other one will be, is more in depth than this one. Um, but yeah, obviously I haven't vowed, I haven't fulfilled my vow yet of like pursuing that feeling, but today I made a pretty big like leap to get this, um, revelation and it was like, it was ridiculous and eye-opening and I was like what the fuck um but the gauntlet program it helped me out one of my oath buddies let's call her Bianca my oath buddy Bianca talked with me about her own experiences of being controlling and I was like I'm well basically let me prelude like this I never thought it was controlling or manipulative because I hate those traits in other people but then after talking with Bianca I was like damn I am that person what the fuck it was it was mind-blowing I was like oh my god so I do realize that I am controlling and manipulative with other people's feelings for me because and here I will read it to you 
um, okay. So Bianca helped me immensely figuring out the root cause of how I'm getting in my own way. Um, I said something and she was like, you know, control is an illusion, right? And I said naively, yes, of course I do. And of course I've heard that phrase before, but I never really knew what it meant. Um, I mean, like, I knew what it meant, but not, like, psychologically. I never, like, embodied that, that, anyway. And then Bianca shared her experiences with me, and I realized, fuck, I am controlling in a manipulative bitch. And the way I thought about my career was, like, like, thinking about a guarantee. It's definitely gonna happen, and I have to do this, this, and this to make it happen. And then things kept getting in my way, and it was harder than I imagined, and I got so depressed and disheartened, and I thought I was never going to be good enough because things aren't going the way I planned. They didn't go the way I wanted them to. And in relationships, because I thought the only way to gain love was by people-pleasing, I would do things I knew would make the other person happy, and I would call that love. And Diana shared with me... Oh, sorry, Bianca shared with me... um, that's really just manipulation you can't control how people love you people love in different ways and manipulating them to love you the way you want them to love you and wishing people would love you in this way or that way is self-pity um in like i i call it self-pity i don't know what it's actually called but in in my revelation this is what i typed um your eyes aren't open to the love that's being given to you in that same light Opportunities are presented in different ways, and seeing your way as the only option to make that happen doesn't do you any favors. You're closing your eyes to opportunities that you didn't even look at just because it's not your way or exactly what you wanted. And it all stems from childhood. For me, it stems from my parents. If you do namaz, I'll love you. If you get A's in school, I'll love you. If you lose weight and work out, I'll love you. If you become a doctor, I'll love you. Those were the options I saw as a child, and none of them worked out for me. Instead, I would immerse myself in romance-themed things because it was foiled with unconditional love that I, quote-unquote, didn't have. But I can see now that the meaning, but now I can see the meaning behind my parents' actions, and now it's time for me to see deeper in their actions now and look for the love that I missed as a child so I can change my own behavior too and appreciate their love for me more i need to let things go i need to let the past go i need to dig myself out of the hole of what was me what was fucking everybody and in conclusion i learned that i learned and had an awakening that i am controlling and i am a planner when it comes to my future and how things are going to turn out for me my method of thinking was because i ran and was able to find love in my own way i can control how i find love now wrong and my method of thinking was because things were tough for me when i was a child and quote-unquote didn't have love and i found romance seemed things that gave me secondhand love it's okay for me to use those same methods now when i feel alone and misunderstood like like turning toward towards like romance comics and romance books and romance movies and romance literally anything themed like whenever I feel lonely or misunderstood or just not loved, I'll turn to that. 
to feel love and that's not healthy and that's another revelation i had as i'm writing this so today is a good day but that is wrong again sweetie so a side note i use honey like in an endearing way towards people but sweetie i use it as a patronizing way like sweetie are you really gonna do that um and i was like oh honey are you okay like yeah i don't like sweetie it's like i don't like sweetie i really don't like the word yeah <laughs> but <clears throat> um it was so eye-opening for me to hear bianca's experiences and how she managed to overcome her challenges and change herself i never once thought of myself as controlling or, manip or manipulative and it was such a revelation to hear that I am and that I'm not alone and that someone was able to see their behavior and is working on changing it. And it was inspiring and it was so beautiful to be a part of. So I'm getting in my own way because I think I can control my future and how it's going to turn out. I'm learning now that I can't and that if I keep thinking I can, I'm only going to disappoint myself. I need to learn, one, how to let things go from the past and in general. Two, how to really not give two shits about what other people think about me and the decisions I make as long as I believe in them. And three, how to live life day by day and not worry about how things are going to turn out. They'll turn out how they're supposed to. And the way they're supposed to is how God intended for it to happen. <clears throat> My only job is to keep both eyes and ears open for anything that sounds like even slightly what I want to do slash what I'd like to do. Don't be desperate for a job. Be desperate to learn more about things I love by learning about things I don't know about it. <sighs> and writing that felt like, it felt so cathartic and it was filled with so much energy after because I was like, yeah, I just had this major revelation about myself and I know like what the problem is and now I can tackle it and look for patterns and change it throughout the day. Um, and... I think I've accepted the fact that I'm manipulative. It's easy to see now how much I really care about how people see me so much that I didn't give two shits about myself. I'm a love addict. And I'd give my left and arm left arm and foot just to get some. And it's time to learn how to break that habit. So that was my journal entry for today. Um Yeah. It was a pretty big thing I feel like there was a lot that I, I didn't write down like right after the, I got the, off the phone with Bianca I went downstairs to defrost shrimps because my sister and I were making dinner um but so I didn't write anything I should have just taken the moment and wrote down everything I was feeling there was so much I wanted to say it was like bubbling out of me but I didn't and that's on me um, but I guess I'll have to relearn everything day by day. And I have the majority of it down. Which is just like the couple things that Bianca said that I really wanted to like remember I should have put down. But I didn't. <clears throat> but yeah. It was a good day. <sighs> oh, I wrote... Um, a note about my friend who's not my friend anymore. We had to do this visual, visual, 
visualization exercise. And I visualized this morning. I was like, <clears throat> this is what I visualized. I went to Philadelphia and I met my ex-friend. I imagined what I would say to her. How I'm sorry about how I didn't know how to draw boundaries and how I didn't know. And I didn't know how maybe I was just as manipulative as she was. I'm sorry I made her feel like I didn't. Okay, I'm just going to say it. <clears throat> I'm sorry I made you feel like I didn't love you for who you were. But also that I'm glad that we're not friends anymore. And, I'm, and that I've grown so much into a person you probably won't recognize. That I've learned to say no and how I've come to respect myself and my boundaries. Obviously that hasn't happened yet, but like this ideally would happen like way down the road where I have done so much more work on myself and have actual boundaries that I can like enforce. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I realized you were trying to isolate me so you could be the only one I relied on. You manipulated me to be that person, but I was the one who knew what was happening and I let it happen anyway because I thought this type of love was better than no love at all. Thank you for your friendship, for all the laughs that we shared, the secrets, the food, and the love, for Socks and for Elsa. And thank you for being my friend for six years. And I'm sorry that we didn't work out, and I wish you all the best. It was pretty cathartic to imagine myself and my most authentic and highest self, realizing what she had done to me and what I had done to her as well. I don't know if she'll ever forgive me for what I did, but to explain it all to her with confidence and without stuttering is something I wish I could have done when I first talked to her about when our friendship ended. I think at this point in my life there are two things I regret. First is not talking to that friend properly I know there's no good way to like end a friendship but like I could have done it so much better and I'm very sad that I wasn't able to and I feel horrible that I hurt her like that and I feel horrible thinking that she was the only one who made mistakes because she wasn't <clears throat> the only one And the second one, it's the girl that got away. Not Hita, not that one. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. But in school, grad school, there's this one friend of mine. I'm gonna call her Hunter. Because I'm definitely, I've, I know one girl from like my <clears throat> high school elementary school, who, or high school middle school, whose name was Hunter. So I'm going to call her Hunter. She was like part of the original group of friends that I made over there. And we were like friends second semester of my first year in Boston and I thought she was super cute once I got to know her she was so bubbly and energetic and she was just so lovely 
and I didn't know at the time, like, like I was just figuring out that I liked girls. Um, and I didn't know, like, she gave off some sort of vibe, and I was like, maybe she's gay, maybe she's bi, I don't know what she is, but she's really cute, so, and I talked to my Aunt Perkins, and I was like, Anne, what do I do? She's like, just ask her out, and I'm like, but what if she's not gay? And she's like, it's okay, then you'll know anyway, just, like, try and, like, find any subtle signs, you know, and I was like, okay, so we went to see Black Panther together, and when I asked her, I texted her, I was too nervous to, like, tell her to her face, like, okay, after class, we walked to the T, and we were, like, talking and chatting, and then she left, and then I was just, I was like, and then I texted her, like, five minutes after, I was like, hey, you want to go see Black Panther? And she was like, yeah, let's do it, and I was like, yeah, she said yes, so I thought it was a date, um, because I never really specified, and she didn't really do anything either, so I, yeah, I was freaking the fuck out. And, um, yeah, so we went to see Black Panther, and she was really cute. She cried at the parts I cried, and she laughed at the parts I did. And then she was geeking out the whole movie about, like, she's, like, really into movies. So she was, like, geeking out about all that, and it was the cutest thing. And then afterwards, I felt like such an idiot. I had no idea what to do. So we kind of, like, walked to the theater, and then we just left <laughs> like she went on her train and I went on mine and I was like well that's that and nothing really happened like we kept like meeting up in class and we kept talking and stuff and it was really fun but <clears throat> nothing really came of it and then I remember like I want to say like a month or two after I was talking something about like lgbtq stuff and i was like yeah i want to advocate for this i want to i want to like publish lgbtq books and her eyes got so wide and she like leaned back and i was like oh fuck she's straight <sighs> so then set in the heartbreak and i was like oh, and i was like so into her by then and then i just i don't know i tried to distance myself it didn't really work because she was like in all my classes the rest of the year. We were partners and like projects and we were talking and she's so funny. <sighs> we have like the same sense of humor. And she's just so cute. She's beautiful. And she's so smart. I never said anything to her, though. And eventually, she got a boyfriend because someone like that... Someone like that... It would be insane. The world would be insane if someone like that didn't have a significant other. So she had a boyfriend, she has a boyfriend, same boyfriend, and I kind of just would distance myself.
And I remember the day that it, like, all started, the, like, their relationship. Like, so her boyfriend now was one of our other, like, our mutual friend's roommate. And this was, like, the second time I hung out with them all together. And they were flirting. And it hurt my heart so badly. Like, I've never felt anything like that. Like, it wasn't, like, super deep, but I just, it felt like something was burning down my throat. And I was like, oh, And, like, in my, in my chest, and I was like, I can't do this. So I left. <sighs> it hurt really bad. But it's my own damn fault. I didn't say anything. And, like, I was gonna, I think, not really, but, like, I was, like, thinking about telling her. And then she was... <laughs> like talking to me and a couple other friends about like how one of her guy friends from her hometown like confessed his feelings for her and she was like uh i just didn't didn't like it or she said something about along the lines of like um i was really caught off guard and it like ruined our friendship and i don't want that to happen again so i was like well i'm not gonna tell her now and then it just kind of like faded away and I kept assuming that she was straight. But then she would always send these, like... I don't know. She would always ask me about, like... Gay things. Like, I don't know if it's just, like, a straight person thing. Like, when you ask about the gay culture. But I kept, like, expressing interest. And, like, going to gay clubs. And, like, going to, like, all these events. Like, lesbian events in Boston. And she's like, can I come with you to one? And I'm like, Why? She's like, oh, I just want to see. I've never, like, heard about it. It was just stuff like that. She kept, like, asking about stuff like that. And I was like, Hunter, what are you trying to do? Are you just curious? Are you, like, gay? Are you bi-curious? Are you bi? Like, I don't know what your deal is. And I never fully asked her. And that's my own fault. And, like, it hurts so bad. Um... But later on, like, I was talking to a couple of my other friends, like, after we graduated, and I was like, yeah, I had this crush on Hunter, but, like, she's straight. And so many people were like, mm, I don't think she is. And I'm like, what the fuck? And she, she was like, and then um, one of our mutual friends, like, Hunter's and my mutual friend, was like, yeah, she's not really straight. She kind of just, like, likes people for who they are. And I'm like, what? And then... One of the things that stick into my brain is, like... I don't know where we were, but we were talking about, like... Oh, I have actually one more thing. But I'll talk about this thing first. Okay, so one of the things um, she said that always sticks with me is when we were talking about types. And she was like, my type is tall dark with glasses and I'm taller than her because she's pretty short I have dark hair and I wear glasses and at the time like no one really else we were hanging out with was like the same but she did tell me like after she started dating um her current boyfriend that she did have a crush on him for a while so maybe that's just my wishful thinking on my part but then I wrote her a note 
for like love note day i wrote a love note for to all my friends and i was like you guys are amazing thank you so much for being my friends and you guys are gorgeous souls and all stuff like that um i wrote her a note and i really wanted to get to know her more and it was like kind of flirting on my part but i don't really know if it would be considered flirting but i was just like we should hang out more and she like read her note read the note and i was like in the same vicinity and i felt like we had this moment where she's like she asked me you want to hang out more i'm like yeah we should hang out more and then we kind of just looked at each other and then just didn't say anything it felt like a moment to me but it's maybe just wishful thinking on my part (sighs) i don't know and like there are so many things i wrote about her I wrote her a confessing letter, a letter of confession that I never gave to her because I showed it to one of my other good friends. <clears throat> and she was like, yeah, no, you can't send this to her. This is like way too deep. And I was like, okay. Um, but I had a point to it. I wrote her, I'm going to actually read this poem to you right now. She's always in my head. And the thing is, I've talked to her like once since we've graduated. Just once. Like over FaceTime. And that's it. And I I don't have the like I don't have the strength to talk to her. Like, I threw a Galentine's Day event thing, um, February of 2019, and she came, and it was the first time that I really, like, talked to her, talked to her, because I was just so, like, upset with myself and sad that she was, like, taken, and it, like, nearly, (laughs) I couldn't focus on anything she was telling me about her boyfriend, I was like... I want to be that person for you. I don't know if that was love or not, but she's the one that got away from me. I just wasn't ready. I wasn't confident enough. So it's on me, but I will regret it for a very long time, I think. She's great. All right. Let's see. Mm. I have this letter I want to read part of because that has like encapsulates um, what I felt about her. And then let's see. see. Oh, here we go. This poem is called Love Interrupted. My wings are covered with dew. They are weighed down in the chill rays of the autumn morning. The water glistens, though, and I can feel them sparkle and twinkle and shine as I look into your crisp blue eyes. It echoes in my body when you buzz, and the sun stays on you as you fly away, and I'm left with the drops that lighten the farther you go. I try to follow, but my wings snap. I can't be with you the way I want to. The way the flowers give nectar, and you are a bee. 
I am irrelevant. <sighs> Pining heart. Um, and then this is part of the confessional letter I wrote for her. Um, okay. <clears throat> but there was this one particular moment when it struck me how much I like you. We were sitting in the lounge, maybe early to mid-October, and the sun was setting and streaming in from the windows. You were sitting in front of me, talking about something, and your hair was in two braids on either side of your face. Suddenly, you started taking them out, at the same time the sun dipped a little lower, and the golden rays made a silhouette around your wavy hair like a halo. You were shaking out your hair with your fingers, and your crystal eyes didn't leave mine as you did it. The sun kept falling and my heart followed with it, and all I could think about was how beautiful you were in that moment. About how beautiful you are. And about how much you didn't know how overwhelming you are as a person. It hurt. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's Hunter. And then there's this other one I forgot that I wrote about her. It's called Nature. It's about that same moment. <sighs> Your hair falls in waves and the locks blend into the shine of evening rays, gilded. Your eyes are bright and warm as you smile. I get lost in your deep blue eyes like I fall into the ocean. Endlessly, unforgivingly, wholeheartedly. Your laugh twinkles in me like stars that are dying. Infinitely before collapsing. And it's humid suddenly. The air leaves as you look at me. My heart stops and I'm unexpectedly parched. You touch your hair like you don't know. And you don't know. How your nature is overwhelming for me to look at. But I can't look away. I feel like I read some of these to you. So, I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, she's like always in my head. And like just when I think I'm like over her, she sends me these stupid Instagram videos where it's like the filters like guessing the gibberish or like what like cupcake are you or what country you are <clears throat> and i'm like fuck you fuck you you don't know what you do to me <sighs> and like i want to be friends with her still because she's an amazing person, but like, how do you be friends with someone that you have intense feelings for?
anyway <sighs> that's my second 30 minute recording in the span of a week um you get over someone like this or just get over anyone really like i had i don't know if i told y'all about that guy who was like a dick to me i haven't had that episode yet have i i don't think i have well i will do that next time big certain feelings part two next time um but like it was with me for a while and like some of it some of the scars from that are still with me so i know eventually they'll go away but there's just some parts of it that just never will and i feel like the more i don't talk to her the more like it's just gonna be in my head and nothing's gonna get out and like i've talked to ann perkins about this but like i've never been like fully honest with it because some part of me felt like i was annoying her with just like incessantly talking about her so i was like okay fine i'm over her and then i tried to admit it to myself and it just didn't work and it just blew back full force <clears throat> but <sighs> talking about it like this helps Alright, I'm gonna go to bed because I have to get up. Before 50, so I can do my city for my Rosa. But I will talk later. Big Sir and Feelings Part 2. Come in later. Good night. <laughs>